Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me for a very special 10k episode is none other than the one and only person who started it all with me. It is Craigie C. Hello there. How are you doing tonight? I'm not bad, I'm not bad. In case anyone's wondering, you know, usually we record these episodes together in person, but uh, last time I was over, Satsu said that I wasn't allowed to keep taking my shirt off, so I stayed at home this time. So instead I'm doing it in solidarity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Neither of us are wearing a shirt for this podcast. Yeah, just the muscles. <laughs> if Chatsunami doesn't pan out, you know, we're going to do one of those like really horrible <laughs> off-brand podcasts where it's like, do you want to be a madly man today? <laughs> <laughs> Take your shirt off. Step one. Step two. I don't know. Nobody's listened this far. <laughs> step two. Make sure you've actually got a camera set up because we're both not. We're both audio only. <laughs> step three. Turn the radio. Uh, sorry, the radio. The radiator the radio? on. Even well, the radio and the radiator. <laughs> You're gonna hide it from your neighbours, or maybe that will condition them to go. Oh, the radio's on. They must have his shirt off. Anyway, Pavlov's shirt. What would you even call that? I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> The podcast we're working on today is Chats and Happy. But yeah, today we are going to be going back to, quite frankly, a nostalgic topic because you and I both started at least the very first episode of Chats and Happy live on Twitch. And we ended up talking about a very mutual interest of ours, that of course being Dungeons and Dragons, which, my God, can you believe it's been nearly three years as of this episode? Honestly, no. It's crazy to, you know, Facebook and Google photos and all that gives you like memories of you know three years ago and it's it's like oh oh that was that was those times that was <laughs> three years ago that was then but no it's been amazing to see like the podcast and go from you know from being something on twitch to what it is now so no it's it's been it's felt like a long time but a short time at the same time it really has because i have to admit one of the tactics that i use to promote the podcast is if there's any like anniversaries for a particular game or a movie or something then i'll be like oh here's an episode we did on that but do you know how frustrating it is to have like an interest to be like oh something on star wars and then I go to promote the podcast and I'm like, I haven't talked about that at all. Son of a... <laughs> so it's just like, oh, and you do realise that although we have like talked a lot about certain topics, there's also so many that we haven't touched on. So, so many things to talk about in the future. Yeah, like Minions 2, Return of the Memes. Yeah. I actually watched that on a flight. I don't think we've got time for this review, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, go for it. Speedrun <laughs> review. Go. Not great. And I quite like the first Minions movie. Uh, I actually quite like children's animation because, you know, it's it's everyone that pretends to like anime. Really, it's the same thing. So I quite like children's shows. And um, yeah, Minions 2, not great. If you want to hear the full review, I'll put it on your Patreon. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, you can blue balls the fans like that. Give them what they want. A three minute review. Not good. Not good. Jesus, not good. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. Yes, Craig, you see, everything stinks. <laughs> Moving that off of Minions, because, you know, <laughs> that's next week's episode. But yeah, today we are, of course, going to be talking about the topic that started it all, that, of course, being Dungeons and Dragons, which I have to admit, the audio quality of this one's going to be better. The editing's going to be better. So please listen to this one. Don't listen to the first episode. Or do, you know, if you're morbidly curious. But would you believe, though, it was 
it's like even further back that you and I started, or maybe you before me, right enough, but you and I started playing this game. Yeah, I actually have, funny, quickly story, I actually went back and I was made a Facebook event recently, which is the first time I've done that in a long time, and I had a look, and it lets you look at your history of Facebook events. I was like, oh my god, we started playing D&D in what I believe was 2017? Oh my god, really? <laughs> I believe so. Jesus, that is a long time ago. <laughs> Wait, actually, it might be earlier. No, I want to say 2017. No, I was wrong. 2015. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> eight years ago. Yep. Jesus, eight years ago. I would say, where is the time gone? But I- I'm going to go into a slight depression, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, because I always remember at the time I had moved away from home to go to university, and I used to meet up with, of course, yourself and a mutual friend. And I always remember you and this mutual friend turned around and said, oh, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm not going to lie, I was very confused when you said that, because I thought you were genuinely joking about it, like saying, oh, let's play Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, roll dice, woo, nerd culture, and I was like, the hell is Dungeons and Dragons? (laughs) Before I go on, you know, because obviously spoilers, I did get into it and I loved it, but what was it that inspired you to get into it? Kind of the same story, so so Calavity is always one that I really want to quickly bring up. So I started playing it in 2014 then, and you started playing it in 2015. One thing that I think is worth noting is there wasn't, like there is now, the publicity behind Dungeons & Dragons. This is pre-Stranger Things, this is pre-Critical Role. The only sort of major one I can think of was like Acquisitions Incorporated was on YouTube. But you know, a lot of these major Dungeons & Dragons things that we think of now, there was an original Dungeons & Dragons film uh, that had nothing to do with Dungeons & Dragons. There wasn't much of it in pop culture. And I had a really similar, same reaction as you. I lived away from home down in the south of England for a while and didn't have many friends down there. You know, it's, it's tough making friends as an adult and when I made friends with this guy and he was like oh you should come into mine and play Dungeons and Dragons and I was like ah it doesn't really sound like me if I'm honest that doesn't really sound like my cup of tea and uh, but you know I was like I'll do it you know make some friends have a good time and it turned out it was absolutely incredible <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, like a life-altering moment was playing Dungeons and Dragons for me. It basically like gave me a whole new way of interacting and with my friends. I think so. Yeah, as soon as I came back to Scotland, since I moved back up, I was like, I need to introduce this to everyone that I know. Get as many people playing this as possible because it's special. It's, it's it's unlike anything else out there. Like I truly believe it's an incredible and very special form of entertainment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would go as far to say that D and D was probably the glue that held our social circle together at times because the amount of times we met at your place and you know we played Dungeons and Dragons all the way from god I can't believe I'm saying this 2015 to I think was it 2018 or 19 that it finished 2019 because I got married the month before the final game (laughs) of course yeah oh that is crazy to think though yeah I always remember at the beginning being quite nervous because especially with D&D and I'm, I'm going to put my cards on the table here going back to something you were saying there about how it wasn't as popularised with like Stranger Things and Critical Role it seriously wasn't it was very much a case of oh Dungeons and Dragons is still quite a nerdy thing and then as soon as I got into it with like you guys and everything it was absolutely fantastic and don't get me wrong I was quite nervous in the first game like I would let everyone else make decisions and if it came to me I'd be like oh Oh, I'm going to roll the dice and whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, can you tell I play D&D? It's like, I roll the dice and then slay the Jabberwocky, etc. <laughs> now, jokes aside, and this is a controversial part, but I played as a gnome bard, and the reason was because I had a halfling Lord of the Rings online character called Blumbro, and I went, oh, okay, I'll name my character Blumbro, but I forgot halflings were a thing, so I decided to go for gnomes, which, see, to be <laughs> honest, gnomes are cooler. They're steampunk hobbits, as I think you'd yep. describe them. That was my description yeah. of them. I mean, fantastic description, to be fair, but yeah, they are absolutely a lot of fun to play as, and yeah, ever since that moment, I absolutely loved it but out of curiosity see when you said oh I'm going to come back up I'm going to introduce it to my friends were you quite nervous that it wasn't going to catch on? Yeah I must, I must have been to some degree but I think it's one of those things that if it doesn't catch on it doesn't catch on and no one ever like you know it becomes oh, I remember that time Craig tried that weird thing I'm the same guy that also tried to get all my friends to bet on the Marble Olympics so I'm not a... <laughs> I forgot about that. oh yeah I am not abject to failure I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the term to look for you I'm not a stranger to failure I knew someone would at least bite on it because it is quite funny and I think I don't know if you had this moment but I had a moment when I was playing it the very first time and we were doing this this battle sequence and I was playing as this big half oak I think it's called Urk or Oof or something and as part of that I got him to pick up a dead kobold a wee dragon thing and throw it at one of his pals um, to try to scare them off and it worked and I was like that is impossible to do in a video game you know what I mean that sequence of events can't be done that changing the plan changing the sequence and I think that's what really caught my attention was like oh no this game is actually reactive to what I do and I knew you and a few other friends who are like into the sort of video games but also into that problem solving element of it would kind of like that and like I said if it didn't work out then you know that, that would have been life but <laughs> but no that, that was kind of my thing is like I knew someone would bite because it is it's very unique uh, Dungeons and Dragons because it definitely shows you especially if you're in a friend group who are playing it and you get to see who kind of pairs off if that makes sense you know yes. and starts doing their own thing because I have to admit Adam and I my co-host of course in Chatsunami we ended up pairing off and he played I think was it a ranger or a human yep. ranger Human ranger. Yeah. yeah, we ended up coming up with some really like crazy schemas <laughs> like interior decorating businesses. One of the other ones, my favourite one to this day, is Adam and I, for some reason, we had to like deliver some parcel to, <laughs> to deliver a parcel to I, I don't know, like someone across the other side of the city. But we didn't realise ours was like the decoy. So we were very much <laughs> under the impression that oh we are gonna deliver the real thing. <laughs> We got people killed over <laughs> Like there were peasants driving the thing and we were jumping off and just seeing them explode. And we saw, you know, the very level heads because is it safe to say that bar maybe one or two of them, the rest of the party was relatively level headed? It was a different mix and I think my favourite was um my wife. She would have this like exasperated look on her face most of the time because she just wanted to play the damn game. Like she liked rolling the dice and casting the spells, you know. And, you know the, me- the mechanics part of the game and you two would be prattling on about interior decorating and um, what would it be like to open a brewery and this and all this stuff and like she's just like can we not just for once complete a mission <laughs> <laughs> 
Going back to your point though, that is the beauty of this game. The fact that you can play it however you want. You can either play it very straight to the rule book, you know, with the mechanics and everything, you win, you lose, or if you want the roleplay element, which I have to say the roleplay element is, oh my god, it's my favourite part of the game. Because <laughs> I was, of course, the bard of the group. I wasn't strong. For some reason I would nether region punch people, but I wouldn't, you know, I'd be more of a talker than a fighter. I would say lover, but considering what my character got up to, that was not on the table. <laughs> in fact, I actually, on a slight tangent, but I always remember I was horrified to read the memes about bards. Like, I went on and I was like, oh, I wonder what people say about bards online. And it's all this, you know, thing about bards are like smutty and they sleep around and things. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? And I'm, I'm like here saying, I'm going to open up an interior decorating here. These walls have to go. Adam's in the background going, mm, yeah, yeah, these have to go. <laughs> Things like that. I'm like, what, where did I miss a step? Oh, I was, yeah, and I ended up getting people taken to the shadow realm to put it nicely. Yeah, it was just, it was absolutely crazy. But those were the memorable experiences, you know. One of my favourite ones, I uh, was the dungeon master, so the person that sort of writes the game. What I would do a lot of times, especially once you guys got more comfortable playing it is I would just come up with a scenario and not write anymore so I would literally have a note on my, my page that would say something like I don't know oak blocking the path and I had no clue what would happen next and you guys would like spin on it and my favourite one I ever did was guys uh, were out travelling and came across a tavern in the middle of nowhere I think you were being chased at you were being chased that was it is this by the dragon yeah you were being oh, chased by no. a dragon <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to no. talk, talk about this because it's, it's I know but I'm going to get cancelled for this <laughs> My one note, I had a single note in my book and it was Elf wants an arm wrestle. That was the only thing in my entire note. But then Blimbro went up and I thought, so much funnier if the elf's like a mage. So I was like, we'll do like a magic contest. I think we did like a mage hand arm wrestle. Yeah. So you won one, he won one, then he put a bet on. He bet, I can't remember what he bet now, some, something I had to make up on the spot. And you bet that Adam's like pet alligator. <laughs> Who was basically by this point the ma- the team mascot? He was an important part of the team. <laughs> I didn't even tell him, by the no. way. <laughs> <laughs> and you lost. I know. I, I didn't want to take the alligator at the party either because, he, like I said, he's the team mascot. But I didn't really know how else we were going to do this until you basically took the guy outside, locked him outside, and having been eaten by a dragon. <laughs> That all came from a single piece of, like, a single sentence I wrote down in a piece of paper about 10 minutes before the session. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, that or the fact that I had to bury the body the next morning and take his float. <laughs> so, of course, the rest of the party's saying, Oh, Blimbro, where did you get that wonderful blood-soaked float? <laughs> like, I don't want to talk. I don't, I just want my fry up. I want to go. <laughs> And of course, yeah. I mean, not me personally, because I feel as if there was a lot of chaotic elements in the party. (laughs) But I feel as if I didn't help. That's what I'm saying. Especially with a particular NPC that you introduced to the party who was meant to be one of the guides and one of the friendlier characters. And I always remember in the first session, I thought it would be funny. So it was a fellow gnome called Etsy. And I thought it would be funny to be like, oh, Etsy's a dick. (laughs) Etsy's not cool. Oh, screw you. Etsy and things and that snowballed see from that tiny sentence 
into this antagonistic relationship so much so that I was having like Goku versus Vegeta fights against them <laughs> but the rest of the party you know they're fighting the big bads they're like escalating the plot and everything moving it along and I'm fist fighting with another no <laughs> that was what struck me so much about Dungeons Dragons and I think being the dungeon master being the other side of that like that, that was what's so fascinating so again with the Etsy I had this idea he would be the guide and then he would open up the world and he would sort of be that guiding character that just explains everything and as soon as you guys took a disliking to him I was like okay he's team rocket that's what we'll do with him <laughs> he will come back because we split it into like seasons so it was like three seasons and then we had breaks in the seasons so it was like he would come back for every like six or seven times he came back to fight you guys and like escalation that like, he died and came back and he died and came back <laughs> we had him die off cat off screen came back I think he actually eventually obviously turned good at the end a wee bit but that was one of my he's probably my favourite character I came up with just because of that whole you can't predict what the party's going to do when you're, when you're writing this and that's what's so amazing about being you know, a dungeon master is you, you write this stuff in your head like oh this is totally going to pan out the way I've, I see it panning out and it never ever ever does and again there's nothing else like Dungeons and Dragons because if you were to write something I don't know like a book you know how it's going to end <laughs> I don't know how if I write something I usually know how it ends <laughs> I mean that is true there's a lot of improv that goes on with Dungeons and Dragons and don't get me wrong you can technically play it by the book because I have to say I ran like a very short-lived session as a DM with you guys and it's amazing how when I did it I made the choice of oh, I'm going to make up my own world make up my own story you know use the rules though from the book but I was actually surprised when I opened up the book and I'm like wait there's a story in here there's guidelines <laughs> and you know you look up other people's campaigns it's like oh the uh, I don't know Balrog's like Lord of the Rings but like oh the Balrog of up the road he's coming to get you and I'm like there's a Balrog Rock from up the road what the hell <laughs> oh it's just it was quite shocking but again going back to what you were saying that is just the beauty of this game that you're able to yeah just improvise and create your own story and by extension create your own memories because again I don't want to get too sappy or anything but I do feel as if it did bring us a wee bit closer together as friends overall you know you me everybody else in the group oh 100% I mean so much so that um, I believe at my wedding we had a table named after the first island that you guys started on we had like Lego figures on it from D&D and stuff like that it's had a huge influence on my life as well I think yeah the friendship side but also I think personality and confidence wise I think even for example this podcast I'm not a great I didn't used to be anyway I didn't used to be a very good talker I used to go to like speech therapy and stuff like that this was years and years back now and Dungeons and Dragons part of that was getting to improv you mentioned improv but getting that quick wit being able to talk I can't still can't do accents um, <laughs> but um, I think that side of it the life skills that Dungeons and Dragons gives you, I think is like something that doesn't get spoke about very often, but it's also an incredible part of it. Oh no, I totally agree with you, because you'll be able to attest to this as well, when you might not be able to hear it now, but maybe at the beginning of the podcast you might have heard it, but I'm not a confident person in real life, to be honest. (laughs) I absolutely struggled with, you know, unless it's someone I knew really well, I struggled with talking to people, opening up and things, and especially with something like D&D, even though I knew everybody, I was quite nervous I thought, oh, what if I say something?
time and you know oh it's stupid or you know people are going to laugh at it but the more and more you actually get into it the more you do get as you said confidence and you do start interacting with people you start working together it's great for team building and things and I know that sounds weird and really you know okay to be like oh it changed my life but genuinely it did help quite a bit to be able to contribute to even if it's like a fake save the world storyline but you know it helps you work towards like a kind of common goal and everything and it does let you establish those memories which I have to say and I don't know if you've ever had any personal bad D&D experiences but I was absolutely shocked see after we started playing and I was looking up online going oh I can't wait to see what everyone else's campaigns are like and yeah there's a lot of horror stories which I was not expecting to be honest. Yeah I think it's like any hobby isn't it? I think a lot of it comes down to the dungeon master and their personality not to blow my own trumpet but the way we played was very much free form and I knew we'd kind of like that because we're not none of us are like sticklers for like war games or like you know super into rules and stuff maybe you are actually I know you're like Warhammer but you know what I mean like we're not <laughs> thanks for outing me <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping my mouth shut <laughs> But you know what I mean? We're not all sitting yeah, there yeah. with like rulers and stuff. And there's people that love that stuff. There's people that love like war simulators and whatever. More power to them. But I think with Dungeons and Dragons, when you get like a dungeon master, they can choose how the game operates. And so, like I said, I kind of base mine very much on what I think you guys would like, which was a fairly serious world that you guys got to cut loose in. The rules were pretty. Uh, I'll make them up as I go along. They're kind of based on fact. But, you know, I just avoided some things like inventory management. People do things like you have to roll to collect arrows when you fire arrows for ammunition stuff like that there's, there's like crazy rules you can go into like so deep and a lot of people do that I think yeah there's there's definitely different ways a dungeon master can play a game and I think that makes a big effect and then obviously again the players have a big impact on what a game's like and we were quite fortunate I think in that we all knew each other really well and if there was something going on at the table we didn't like we would just talk about it you know we know something you know it's not like I mean, we had players come and go over the years and you know it's not like we were stuck with each other and I think when you read a lot of the horror stories online a lot of time it tends to be I attended a Comic Con or I attended a games workshop or I attended whatever and I'm forced to play with four other players I don't know. And I think that's typically when the games don't go to all the kind of stuff you read online, that's when they tend to kind of don't go to plan. I mean, I would 100% agree with that. I had an experience which I won't go into too much detail because I, again, not to blow my trumpat for the podcast, but I've got like a Chatsu Shorts episode on this particular topic. But long story short, I'd got invited to one of the comic shop places and they had said oh it's a starter night and yeah that was exactly the same thing I was put with these complete strangers in the middle of a campaign and everything and it wasn't a great experience to be fair I probably didn't go into it with the right mentality but at the same time you know it's kind of battling against these strangers who clearly didn't want anything to do with us and we were kind of forced there it's like you know you see on programs and it's the kid who is an out cast and they're like oh go into this group you know you'll make friends and then this group turns around and they're like no we don't want you in our group if you ever show your face here again <laughs> we will throw you to the curb and it's like oh my god okay so yeah that wasn't great but I totally agree because there wasn't so much a personal relationship there the people around the table I wasn't friends with them my friends
saying to was with me that he wasn't friends with them so we had a very negative experience and I said that to you and not to praise you just because you're on but the fact is that if it wasn't for that core experience with you then I don't know how much I would have enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons going forward and I feel as if that's a thing that not a lot of people talk about they say oh I want to be like Critical Role I want to be like all of these insert any popular D&D show in here oh I want to be like this but they kind of fail to realise that again that sounds terrible oh you need friends but you know what I mean it's like (laughs) you need like I mean you can build that personal connection as you go along but do you know what I mean it's like you can't just jump in with random strangers in the middle of it and expect it to go well yeah and I think one of the things you hear a lot about is the concept of a session zero effectively I think that's kind of what we did and I think it's what most teams tend to do and it's like you have a session where you build up your character sheets and you play a wee game and then the DM will go oh by the way if there's anything you don't want let me know and then we did like a session zero sheet but we actually did that like halfway through the game so I hadn't discovered it by that point but <laughs> and it was just like laying out what I kind of basically just lays out what the Dungeon Master's planning on doing so it's things like the tone and how graphics going to get whatever and I pretty much said we're doing Indiana Jones nowadays I probably just say the MCU but, but Indiana Jones was the example I used for Star Wars it's like yeah the protagonists are in peril you guys are going to get some terrible times but ultimately you're probably going to win it's going to be some funny moments along the way you know there's going to be risks and tragedy and stuff but we're ultimately going to win and I think that's probably what goes wrong a lot of the time with certainly with Dungeon Masters is they go in you know you go in and you're expecting Star Wars and you get Star Trek I guess maybe or like you get Saving Private Ryan instead you know what I mean there's so many different ways the game the game works which is kind of the best thing and the worst thing about it I guess I mean that is the double edged sword of Dungeons and Dragons it's like you know that comic that you and I love to reference all the time when we talk about D&D <laughs> yes. and it's like this clown character who's like oh I'm so and so the friendly clown Hong Kong and they're all like haha very funny that's from the first session and then it cuts to like the last session and it's the clown in a very dramatic situation being like I won't leave you behind you have to leave me bombs all the clown and he's like shedding a tear and it's like that is exactly what we went through because I went especially for my character in particular but I went from the oh the comical goofy bard gnome to fighting a guy who wanted to become a god <laughs> with nothing but a loot <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. And, you know, all the other characters obviously developed alongside us. But yeah, it's just an absolute way. And again, I know I sound like a broken record, but it is a fantastic experience. Just so long as, I think at the beginning, would you agree with us that you should maybe temper your expectations to begin with? Oh, 100%. As I was saying, I don't do accents. I still can't do accents. But I think, see the amount of people that are on like Reddit or whatever, like, my DM, they're all right, but they're not as good as I was expecting. Or my players aren't. And it's like, it's because you're watching Critical Role or you're watching people, other people play it, you get this really high expectation. What was really good about you guys is you had no expectation. You know how when you drive with someone who can't drive, as in you're the driver and they're the passenger, and you do something, you know, or you come out the roundabout a bit funny or whatever, and you go, oh man, oh, that was a bit tight, and they go, all right, never noticed it. You know what I mean? Like that, if, if someone's a driver, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that plays a big part in Dungeons and Dragons is like people's expectations. So if, if you guys had absolutely no clue what was happening, if I'd gone in and played the worst game of all time, you guys would not have known any better. <laughs> I mean, as someone who runs a podcast and continually moans about the world of podcasts, and then you guys are just like, all right, cool. Yeah. That was a good episode. And I'm like, no, you don't understand the audio imbalance and this and that. And you're like, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, good points, good points. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. No, I totally agree with you there. It is that insider perspective, though. But speaking of Critical Role and, you know, all these other shows and things, because I don't want to just narrow in on Critical Role because I'm looking at the Red Panda Lawyer in the background 
ground and be shaking his head going, they've got critical role, money, don't do it. But <laughs> do you think, compared to when we started it, because you've got a good point there that because it wasn't as popular, like obviously D&D's always been popular to a degree, but not as mainstream as maybe the correct word. But do you feel as if it's a good thing that Critical Role and things like that are promoting it? Or do you think there's caveats to that success? I think you're always going to get like a couple of things, but I think overall, you know, we're talking about a few things going wrong, but we're talking about thousands of extra people playing it. We're talking about people being able to make money from it that, you know, didn't happen for a long time. Certainly, we picked it up on um, the Dragons 3.5 is this the version that we played and that was practically all online legally all online people weren't getting paid for that and it wasn't really until we moved to D5 and I think Wizards of the Coast get a lot more money out of it now and I think the people who are actually the artists and the DMs and stuff and I think there's always going to be people who play it and they're, they're not playing it the same and you know but it's up to them to find out and I think more money in a, in a hobby that I like can only be a good thing at the end of the day <laughs> I want more people playing it and I want more stupidity and more, more things going wrong I mean I can't argue with that visibility can only be a good thing. I mean, it's like, for example, Henry Cavill, who, ironically enough, when you were talking about war games, he's also opened up about being a Warhammer 40k fan, which, I'm not going to lie, that was one of the biggest plot twists of that year <laughs> when he announced it, because I was like, it sounds weird to say that, but you know when celebrities do say, oh, I'm into D&D, or oh, I'm into Warhammer, or whatever, and you look at them, and initially you think, no, you're not, no, you're not, but then they start getting really in-depth about, like, the lore and everything, and you're like, oh my god, it's <laughs> Vin Diesel's the one I always think of. Vin Diesel when he was like, oh, I love Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone's like, oh, do you really? And then he, he put up a picture of his. This was on like Facebook or MySpace or Bebo or something that was like that, you know. And he put up a picture of his birthday cake and it was like all the D and D three point five books all stacked in a big list. <laughs> and it's like, oh wow, you are a massive nerd, Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, the Chronicles of Riddick were not kind. <laughs> <laughs> It is actually amazing to see that though, and again, it's not trying to put celebrities, you know, on a higher pedestal to be like, oh my god, they're one of us, you know, but it is cool to see that it is like so universal, and especially nowadays, like a lot of celebrities don't have to, this is one of the jokes that you and I reference from The Simpsons, where, you know, when a celebrity says, oh, I like this particular thing, and then another celebrity says, I don't like this particular thing, and everyone (laughs) boos the second celebrity. Celebrities like that person's never seen that particular thing in their life. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting to see that nowadays it is so widely accepted. And it sounds weird to say that. Can you imagine about maybe 10, 15 years ago thinking D&D would be so accepted? Like I said, if I'd thought about it 10 years ago, I wouldn't have accepted it. You know, I, I was very <laughs> sceptical going into it. Never mind someone else. So yeah, it's uh, really unbelievable that it is such a mainstream thing. Now, the movie's coming out, or is out, I mean, it's dated the episode there <laughs> there's a movie on and among thieves to see that's kind of crazy because that's like it has to be pretty mainstream now for hollywood to invest you know into, into a brand and 10 years ago i wouldn't, I wouldn't have dreams D would have been a thing because like i said i wouldn't have been in that camp i would have been like Dungeons and Dragons, what's all about? A load of crap. Because, I mean, it's something that you referenced earlier when you said that there is a D&D film, but you and I have watched it. It's not good. <laughs> I don't actually know what to add to that. It's just it's not 
the best film. It's all right, but yeah, again, it's all right. And who knows, maybe this new film will be all right as well, or it'll be great or whatever. But that's actually one of the points I wanted to raise, actually, because you do hear a lot of people, and this maybe might be the folly of the film by, you know, not because of the way it's made or anything, but it's something you brought up years ago. And it's like when you hear someone else tell you about their campaign, but you've got no emotional investment in that campaign because you're not the one playing it. So you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite a funny thing, but I guess nowadays it's like, I think they're just going to, it's going to be basically like a Marvel movie, isn't it? And they're just sticking oh, it in the D&D world that like you were talking about. The, is it the Forgotten Realms or Forbidden Realms? Whatever the name of the actual Dungeons and Dragons official canon is. I think it's just going to be like, you know, an action movie in that world. It's Forbidden or Forgotten. It's one of, one of the two nouns. There'll be someone sitting on the other side of this podcast and they're like, oh, it's Forbidden! With that Breaking Bad gif of the... <laughs> <laughs> You're Brian Cranston behind the car, like, no, going, no, it's forbidden, it's forbidden, knocking the door. Oh, whoops, <laughs> whoops. You know, that's the beauty of this podcast. Sometimes we get things right, sometimes we forget things. <laughs> but here's what we're going to do, is real quick, I'm just going to say both, and then use to edit out the one that I said wrong. You know, so it's definitely called the Forgotten Realms, Forbidden Realms. There we go, and now I'm right either way, so cheers for editing that. Yeah, no problem, both are staying in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should not give me the power to edit. <laughs> but to end the episode at a closing point, because this is indeed our, I mean, admittedly late 10k played special. And of course, you and I are going back to the very beginning to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to us. Do you have any advice for any future or prospective D&D players? First of all, hit me up because I really want to play. So, you know, give me give me a shout. Good point. <laughs> Just be open to it. I think that's what we both kind of mentioned that is we both went in with... Uh, what's this going to be what's going to happen I think both from a player and a, a Dungeon Master perspective just be open and go with the flow and see what happens because Dungeons and Dragons is ridiculous it's emotional it opens maybe doors into yourself that maybe you don't want to share you do it by accident part of the role playing there's number crunch and the stats you're going to get an emotional investment to random characters the Dungeon Master made up by accident there's going to be all sorts of shenanigans and memories you'll have for a lifetime we still reminisce about it and you know it brought our friend group close together so just be open to the journey because if you have half the good time that we did then it's going to be brilliant No, I can only echo that It is definitely a bonding experience I think is the best way to put it. In all the right ways. And I completely agree about the emotional investment because, and spoilers for our campaign, I suppose, if you ever post it on YouTube or anything. But yeah, I actually remember one particular moment where my character died, but because of some absolute fluke a couple of sessions previously. No, a couple of years previous. Or was it actually? <laughs> yes! Oh, you were sitting on that egg for a while. <laughs> I ended up coming back to light or my character sorry not me I'm not Jesus <laughs> back then yeah I was actually gutted I'm not gonna lie I don't know if I've ever told you my feelings about <laughs> but I genuinely like I felt as if and it just is so weird because again this is a fictional character you know it's not gonna affect my life whether they're there or not kind of thing but at the same time I was just like oh my god blood bro's dead <laughs> and everything and you, you do you feel as if oh you're gutted you're winded you're like oh is this the end am I going to have to roll for a new character and obviously when you pulled the twist out I was like you son of a <laughs> <laughs> oh you and then I have to admit see ever since then because I was very 
cavalier about the way I played the game. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But see, after that, and I don't know if you noticed, but I was very cautious after yeah, that. But that also played into the story as well, because what happened to you in real life happened to the character, and it was, oh, it's so fun. And like, just I just want to quickly mention something you yeah, mentioned yeah. about, about uh-huh. being devastated, your character's getting killed off. It's like, what's so amazing for me about, you know, we're talking about you can't write a book if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and Blimbro, uh, your character, his story wasn't finished. And I always thought that was so fascinating. I kind of wish he had died in a way, because his story still had an arc left to go and we got the arc in the end and it, it got all the you know the big bow tied around everything that was nice but how fascinating is it that a character can just get cut <laughs> see you later I also thought that was really cool some of the players that we had players that changed character we had players that left like their characters just never got the arc and I thought it was really funny it was an emotionally charged experience mm. I think's the correct term it was absolutely you're, you're completely right it's just so volatile because I, I actually do remember that session where we were all rolling the dice or just like I was rolling the dice to save my life and I was like no and everyone was like oh this is going to be the one this is going to be like the big you know comeback and then I, ju- I just died I threw the dice and I was like oh and honest to goodness again going back to my chats to shorts episodes but I actually do have an episode on Blimbro the Bard so yep. if you want to check that out please do it tells you the whole summarise the bridge story of him from his beginning to his humble end as it were don't get me wrong I did love the fact it was a kind of Lord of the Rings esque end that we all ended up happy together we all reunited at the end for another drink and everything and it was just there was a nice finality to it but the thing about it is it's like Blumrose you know drinking in that tavern he's like <laughs> I should be alive right now <laughs> I was going to say without getting too sentimental I'll try not I'll try not get too sentimental if I realise we're wanting to but I took a photo of everyone on our Polaroid camera on that last session and that is kind of like an end of an era that final session because that was because it was a month after I got married we got everyone there which was unusual because usually the sessions we didn't get everyone and it was one of my last times in that flat and in many ways it was kind of the last time I think we were all together in that capacity all of us and it was kind of because obviously then like I said that was 2019 so not long after Covid hits and you know it's kind of everything changes and it's like that final session was such an incredible I think for, I think for all of us but like for me it was it was kind of closing closing the door on a lot of stuff and you know I'd spent five years six years writing this story but it all to come to the end I was like bloody hell what am I going to do now my time <laughs> but no, I, I see that that the end of that is genuinely like a chapter in my life that was my post credit scene in Lord of the Rings whatever they, after the thing gets destroyed whatever that, that was like the little bit for me at the end in the same way that they had it that was kind of it and it, it was amazing quite emotional to look back on in a way because that was like what a moment and again this was all because we played a silly little game where you roll some dice oh no absolutely it was definitely the bookend to the end of an era as you said it was that precursor to what the 2020s would bring us and I'm sure to 2020s will have some wonderful beautiful life ending I mean sorry life changing moments of course but yeah it was and again this makes us sound or sorry it makes me sound old saying this but it was a simpler time almost <laughs> you know it was like <laughs> it, although you know it was kind of the transitional period where either we were just finishing uni or we were just getting out of uni and working and you know starting those formative years and everything and then developing as you know the people that were going to be 
to come. The fact is that we were still developing, we were getting closer to one another and everything, and you're completely right, that kind of ending was, yeah, just the perfect end to the 2010s. It was that perfect summary. So, no, I, I totally agree with you, and I don't think it's, well, it is sentimental, but in all the best ways possible, because I think what makes it even more special is the fact that not many people get that moment in D&D. Not only that, but it's entirely unique to us. That experience, and I think I mentioned it way back at the start when I was saying what drew me to Dungeons and Dragons, and it's it's everything's very unique. You know, I was saying about oh, through that dragon or another dragon. I was like, wow, you can't do that in a game, and you can't do any of this in a game. And I think we had this shared experience, which is you're talking about. You can't tell people stories from your D and D campaigns; it's never as funny. And this is the same. Like it's because it's so unique to you. We shared the lot of us. Man, this is getting really deep now. <laughs> it's okay. You're amongst friends. <laughs> Just me, you, and everyone listen to this podcast. <laughs> Just ignore them at the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was something that is truly unique to us that nobody else on the planet experienced what we did in that way. And I think that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of amazing when you think of it like that. I've never really said that out loud before, so that's kind of amazing to think about. Yeah, I don't have a finishing point. It's just, wow, it's a hell of a game and it's been a hell of a good time. I can only copy that and say, yeah, go play D&D. What are you doing here? What's the difference? <laughs> like, go, grab some dice off of Amazon, go, go. This episode sponsored by Normal Weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if you want sentimental moments, no, no, I completely agree. It is, again, it's one of those shared experiences that you just, I again, I know I'm kind of treading over what you were saying, but it is definitely that case of you start off thinking, oh, it's going to be a silly game about dice and monsters and creatures of the deep and everything. Oh, it's going to be this and we're going to have wacky adventures and not get invested in it. You know, because I mean, we played games like, for example, I'm looking at the box in the background, but like Exposing Kittens or, you know, like card games, Yu-Gi-Oh, things like that. We've played all these like board games and we've never got, you know, emotionally attached except for Risk. But that's another <laughs> therapy session for another day. But, you know, you never really get emotionally invested. But the fact that you go in thinking, ah, it's just another game. We're just going to pass the time. We're going to have fun. And by the end of it, you do. Because I actually remember, and this is my final point, I swear, but I always remember you actually bringing out the like you had four alternative endings is that right? Yep I, I wrote them all I pre-wrote four endings for the game and we got the good ending <laughs> the other endings were like <laughs> horrific yes the big bad takes over he destroys everything you love I'm like oh man <laughs> but even my bar especially the bar <laughs> yeah, it was a wonderful ending a wonderful campaign as well and I mean even though you and I have both played d since I mean, it's never, and again, I'm not trying to say this with nostalgia glasses, but it's never going to live up to that. It was very special because it was the first one for us as well, and we actually finished it, which I think is very rare for, like, to actually finish a kind of DD campaign. Because, I mean, even when I tried to do one, I think we got probably three or four sessions in like a couple of sessions and then obviously because of covid we had to can it and then because i took up streaming and podcasting i just like had to leave it to the side and yeah i think a lot of people tried doing it online and everything and you know obviously it's going to work for some people not for others but you're completely right the fact that it ended on 2019 can you imagine if you said <laughs> yeah the finale 2020 why, why not let's do it in 2020 <laughs> yeah that would 
have just it would have been the same. But the fact that not only did we have that amazing experience, but the fact that that was the very first topic that you and I talked about for this podcast in particular, yep. you know, it really says a lot. Yeah, definitely. As we finish up, thank you, Craig, for not only introducing me to D and D and the wider audience listening at home, of course, <laughs> but yeah, for kicking off chats and Ami and allowing us to share our experiences. Thank you back, Thes. Thank you for letting me start chats and Ami with you. All those taking that risk all that time ago, and thanks for taking the risk to come play Dungeons and Dragons with me. Because the butterfly effect of falling dominoes, me being on this podcast and you playing D and D, are probably intricately linked. Who knows? But no, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Craig, and thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, you can listen to us on all good podcast apps. You can also check us out on podpage.com forward slash chatsunami. And once again, a huge shout out to our patrons, Robotic Battle Toaster and Sonia. Thank you so much. If you want to check out our exclusive content on Patreon, you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash chatsunami. But until then, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, play Dungeons and Dragons with Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Please, he's lonely. <laughs> I thought you were going to say roll a critical hit, but uh, that or works too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> is that what the cool kids say? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording a low-quality, one-track audio waves. But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.